Tired of the same boring food when you're out for breakfast or lunch? I'm Mark Hoke, and I have an idea for a different place to go with unique food you're sure to enjoy, and that's Unique Eats. Take some time out of your busy day and stop on in to Unique Eats, featuring celebrity chef Dominic Tedesco and his friendly staff. Whether it's a great start to your day with one of Unique Eats' amazing omelets, or lunch with his incredible sandwiches, pasta, and award-winning pizzas, you'll be in for a fantastic dining experience that won't break the bank. Unique Eats also features a smoothie bar and full vegetarian menu as well. Plus, if you need catering, you can count on Unique Eats no matter what the occasion. So what are you waiting for? Get on over to Unique Eats at 3100 South Durango, Suite 100, open daily until 3 p.m. Call them at 702-992-3038 or visit uniqueeatslv.com for their full menu and catering info. Break out of the same old routine and have a great meal at Unique Eats today. 1015 FM, 720 AM, k the talk of Las Vegas. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the number one professional wrestling radio show in Las Vegas. This is the Mark Hoke Show. The Mark Hoke Show. Wrestling news, entertainment, and lots of Sin City surprises from inside the squared circle. Now, let's bring on the tag team of Andrew Fish Fame, Joe DeFalco, and your host, Mark Hoke. Boom shakalaka. He's on fire. That's right. Oh, good Lord. Fish, you know. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. NBA. Uh, what is NBA it? Jam. Jam. NBA Jam. That's what it was. You're right. The game that took so many of my tips when I was delivering pizza for Godfathers in college. It just, it just. That would be Godfather's Pizza, not actual Godfather's. Well, maybe it was actual well, Godfather's. I no, I wasn't delivering Godfather. How would you deliver a Godfather? I got a pepperoni and mushroom you cannot refuse. Now, if I was delivering the wrestling Godfather, he might have a fun entourage, and then I'd have That's a good right. night. It's the hoe trade. Yeah, that'd be okay. Because Pippin ain't easy. Yes, it is. I think, well, well, it, it, it can be easy if you do it right. But anyway. Hey, he was also Papa Shango. Yes, he was. Comma. And, and comma, the human fighting machine. Yes. Quite a bit for for the Godfather there, Charles Wright. I believe to, yes, and used to run uh, run cheetahs here in town too before he sold it. Did he really? Yeah, you uh, didn't know that. No. Yeah, he was. He that's was, where he got his hose with the hoe train. <laughs> that's a possibility. I don't know. I, th- I think that may have been after the wrestling is he, career. It, but, but is he a WWE Hall of Fame? I mean, I know he is. Is the Godfather? Wow, this is nowhere where I thought we were going to go. By the way, this is the Mark Hoke Show on KDWN 101.5 FM, 720 AM. We should introduce ourselves before Probably. we... Probably. You know, in the premise of the show. I'm the Vandergriff we... Destroyer, we... Andrew the Fish Vane. You're an idiot. Nope. I'm the Vandergriff you're Destroyer. Gonna, you're going to owe me a dollar every time you bring that name up. That's it. Oh, and no, course, I can't afford that. That is Andrew Fish Vane, the... Uh, Vandergriff Destroyer. The goofball over there, who, of course, is the host on At Monday night. Sports Arena on Tuesday night. You're mine, Vandergriff. What are you talking about? I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to introduce you. Can I get through that before you be a twit? Yeah, probably. Thank you. Nah, I doubt it. <laughs> the host of SportsX Radio on Monday nights with when he sits in for Ken Thompson Woo! here on KDWN 101.5 FM 720M. You can tune in here fishing. I think tomorrow myself. night I'll be, I'll be sitting in with Ken Thompson. Yeah, it'll be, uh, and I'll be, I will be there on the air producing. Yes. I'm not any not an official co-host capacity. No. Per, officially. 
but I am. We'll just, and uh, this will be the last week before you have to do five push-ups on the air when uh, Terry Francona wins manager of the year. He's not winning it. You're dead. And Joe DeFalco, future stars of wrestling, by the way, will be joining us around 830. He had a little business to take care of. Yeah, he's, so he's trying to get the contract signed between it. me and Vandergriff. you were going to say it. I'm <laughs> ridiculous. So we'll be discussing all the news that's fit to print here in professional wrestling. Like, is the Godfather really Hall of Fame worthy? I think we should save that for when Joe gets here. Keep that in the back of your head. But that's that's an interesting question. I would say yeah. I would say yeah. I, I'm much some like of the I, people they my, put my, in the Hall of WWE Hall of Fame. Yeah, my, much like I am in baseball, I'm, I'm very much a small hall guy because that makes the hall more special. So I don't know if he's worthy or not. The, the WWE Hall of Fame is not a small hall. No, I know, but it should be. Well, it's not because like Harold Baines does not belong in. Oh, we're gonna get it. By the way, remind me about that because you know the Veterans Committee is voting on some people coming yes. up this time around. Including so, Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens. Rafael Palmero, a lot of guys. None of those are guys are getting in. Be interesting. Kurt Schilling not getting in. And Pete Rose also is. Yeah, Don Mattingly, however, I like. That's an interesting name to me. Okay. We'll talk. Yeah, we'll talk about that. So we're hyping we're hyping the show we're doing tomorrow instead of Talking about what we're supposed to be talking about today. And there's so much to talk about that we should probably shouldn't waste any time talking about anything except yeah, for me beating you're, Vandergriff. You're, you're killing me. So let's let's start in WWE, shall we? If that's where you'd like to begin, we can I start think either place. That's where I'd like to Although start. Although the match of the week was in AEW, and I can't believe I'm actually saying it. Well, because it happens all the time, Fish. No, it doesn't. Yeah, it does. It but, happened this week. I we were we were talking a little bit. About, God, and, and it's too bad Joe's not here to start the show. But I then why don't we hold off and talk about this category with Joe because he is a good person to have talking about because it's it's the main news, man. It is not the main news. It, it, you, we can make whatever the main news be, whatever we want it to be. The main news actually is me taking on Vandergriff. Okay. <laughs> now I I got to start here. The money in the bank case has been cashed in by our good friend Austin Theory who decided to inexplicably cash in the case on Monday Night Raw this week during an open challenge (laughs) with an open challenge already out there for the United States Championship for those that don't know what the money in the bank case is there's a, match, there's a match at a pay-per-view called the Money in the Bank for WWE. Excuse me, premium live event. Where a case with a contract for a WWE championship match is in the case and everybody's climbing the ladder. It's a bunch of guys and, and women that do separate matches. Or get thrown and, off buildings during a pandemic. That too. And when you, I forgot about that. And whoever gets the briefcase has a chance to cash in, cash it in any time during a year, a year period, to try to win a world championship. It has never been cashed in for a like a U.S. title. The women one time Charlotte cashed it in for the, for the NXT w- title, and that was that was my next question. What was it? What's a bigger waste? W- trying to cash it in for the NXT title or for the U.S. heavyweight title? Well, I didn't. I didn't have much the of a Char- problem. The Charlotte, well, the Charlotte one I didn't I didn't hate. But if if Austin Theory had tried to cash it in on Braun Breaker, would that have been worse than cashing it in here? I 
I would have rather had him cashed in on Braun Breaker. I think people would have been talking about yeah, that. Doesn't it diminish the, the the money in the bank if you're doing it for the heavyweight title? Uh, no, no offense to heavyweight title. It's still a championship. But at the same time, that's not what you should be cashing in your money in the bank for. The whole idea is because it's so difficult to get a world title shot, you save it specifically for a world title shot. Yeah, and of course, people have used it in moments. You know, I think one of the one of the greatest ones was John Cena being laid out and Edge coming in and I thought Seth Rollins at, in. At, at, Seth at, Rollins at WrestleMania. It you can do it anytime, and usually and, it's been done when people have been incapacitated. Right, it's usually about ninety percent. Uh, the only I can think of very few cash ins that were unsuccessful. John Cena is the only one to say I will have my cash in at a pay per view, and because back at the time it was pay per view, mm-hmm. rather than just doing it on someone who is laid out. Baron Corbin failed to cash in because one of time. John Cena. Uh, we had oh god, I just and I just thought of the other one. Didn't the Miz? Oh uh, no, the Damian Miz did, Sandow. Yeah, the Miz didn't actually well, fail his last year. No, because he he, he made a deal went with Lashley. through a legal a legal battle to Otis. get it from Otis. Somehow getting Otis into court and and getting the case from him. So we have had two of the last three years with Money in the Bank. That this has been an utter disaster. And of course, Theory lost. And the worst part was that Seth Rollins, who is the current United States champion, had issued an open challenge. Anybody could have walked out and wrestled for that title. But Theory decided to not accept the open challenge and wait. Well, to didn't catch he try to accept Seth- the open challenge, but was blindsided by Lashley? Yeah, he was thinking about it. But the whole point is this was a disaster. Yeah, and the problem is. To be honest with you, short of the, the the championship, the money in the bank should be held in the highest regard and the highest esteem mm-hmm. because it is a really a huge benefit to whomever has it. And to waste it by the by the writing team is just lazy to waste it on the U.S. championship. But they had to get the money in the bank of Austin Theory because no one would have bought him as the heavyweight champion. It was, and for those that don't know, you know, to to back the story a little too. Vince McMahon, before he was ousted from WWE, was madly in love. Yes, with. <laughs> he, he he had a man crush on Austin Theory and was pushing him to the moon. He was doing vignettes with him and he all this the kind WrestleMania of stuff. match with him. I mean, it was Austin Theory was his guy. And when Vince went by, he was no Theory was no longer the guy. No, so and, yeah, so obviously now theory is just destroyed. Well, yes, I and mean, no, because the backstage rumor is that they're actually things are good backstage for theory now because now they can have programs with them that actually mean something. Yeah, but at the same time, this was this was just a no win for him after no. Vince left. You know, I'd have rather seen them done something where he maybe have done something clever but just lost. Your your idea that you would come to me actually. The more I think about it, I I do like it, especially when with the anonymity part. This was this was my idea, and just so WWE can hear how brilliant I am, um, <laughs> I am Mark Hoke on the Mark Hoke Show. My idea was that Austin was going to decide to sell the briefcase, and the next week on Raw, you would have a bunch of anonymous people representing wrestlers, so like accountant types on the screen and they're all bidding for the case and the final bid gets up to a million dollars. That whoever got that got the case. 
So Austin Theory is now a millionaire, and he is now, instead of being Mr. Money in the Bank, he's Mr. Million in the Bank. He's actually Mr. Money in the Bank. Right. Now he's got literally got a million dollars. And see, I was thinking about and your suggestion I loved about who should have won it, but I have another suggestion as but, well because I just thought about But just to finish that, too, then, you don't know who's got the Money in the Bank case. So at Royal Rumble or WrestleMania or something like that, all of a sudden, some ra- somebody some random we don't comes out. know who it is. I mean, could you imagine the suspense that would have been going on with, my God, who's got the money in the bank? Who has it? You could have you, Cody Rhodes could have had it, and, and the uh, best part about it is not only that, but you have you could have like four wrestlers come out, and you think any one of them could have it, and it's one. You know what I'm saying? Anybody could be lying and teasing, and boy, Roman Reigns' head would have been spinning. I, see, the more I think about it, the, the more I like the idea. And, and the other thought I had was, who is the one guy that always wanted to get his hands on the heavyweight championship but was never able to? Who is that? Ted DiBiase. Ah! That and he was always willing to spend as much money as it took. I think the only the only problem with DiBiase is because of the scandal that's going on down in Mississippi with the the welfare payments. Yeah. I don't I don't know I, if he could have used Ted, but that's that, but that's a good idea. But I'm but that's what I'm saying. It could have been anybody. You could have had you could have dragged Jake Roberts out. No, no, that the best, no, it, or I mean, you could even fake it and have someone come out saying, "Yeah, I won the money in the bank." And do a whole thing with it, and it turns out they didn't have the money in the bank. So you can see, just because of you know me, little radio host, here on the Mark Hoke Show, coming up with an idea that would have been terrific. And then Austin Theory's running around with a million dollars, and he's a young guy. You know, he's spending it on wasteful wine, stuff, women, and song. You know, and, and just. Whatever and, but, and I mean, being stupid and 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 it would have been it would have been fun. I was saying the best part about your idea is it leaves it so open that you could do anything. Mm-hmm. You would have plenty of time to gotten yourself out of this mess. And and like I said, I mean, literally, you could and, you you could every single week you could fake someone having the money in the bank. And the best part is is that you don't hurt theory. Theory actually would have come off as, dude, I sold it for a million dollars. I'll get a world title shot some other time somewhere down the right. road. And that's, I'm a millionaire. And, that, and that's the way you sell it is, I'm theory, I'm good enough that I can get a title shot anytime I want anyway. So, I don't need the money in the bank. Yeah. So just, uh, hey, WWE creative. Much better than losing it to the, 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 the US, US title after an open challenge. Oh, Jesus. But it will be interesting to see where Austin Theory goes from here. And and I, he is, he's such a talented guy. He re- I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to denigrate him as a wrestler because he's fantastic. Yeah, I would say he's a fantastic heel. The whole. I mean, and he kind of stopped when he won the Money in the Bank. He kind of stopped the whole taking selfies with guys after they lost, and that was part of the. That was, for lack of a better term, part of the charm of me of him being that heel. It was pretty cool, you know. So. We'll see what happens with Mr. Theory as time goes by. I mean, I'm, he needs more time to grow. I, I think yeah, I, and, and I, I wouldn't have watched. Him. It was another one of those things where Vince tried to shove somebody down everyone's throats that they weren't ready for. And I remember, you know, and it's funny because Money in the Bank, the, uh, the pay-per-view is here in Las Vegas. And I decided for some reason not to go. I can't remember what, what it was. But I was so glad. I, money in the Bank. <laughs> No, I could have gone. We actually, I had, we actually had tickets here, but um, I thought but, it was kind of funny that you didn't have the money. Never mind. Yeah, funny, but I'm cashing money on Vandergriff. <laughs> but we, um, 
But I remember how disappointed everybody was, and I think you do too, that Theory somehow got added into the match at the last minute. And at it that was, point, you knew who was going to win, and it was like, oh, my the, the, God. The only, the only Money in the Bank I was more disappointed in was the year Ali was supposed to win, and they gave it to Brock Lesnar. That was a rough one, too. That was a rough one. Yeah, Lesnar just came in, and he just showed up out of the blue. And decided and he to wasn't, take money He the wasn't even in the match, no. and they just, yeah, go. Go, big man. And, and I found that very annoying because, again, a guy like Brock Lesnar doesn't need to win the Money in the Bank. No. Now, he, the way he handled it when he had the briefcase was hilarious. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was pretty good. But, yeah, this was, you know, we, we were very optimistic about WWE creative when Triple H take, took over. And at the beginning, we saw some cool stuff. But, unfortunately, I think we're falling back into some serious booking mistakes at this point. And I and I hope it doesn't stay that way. Now this was a mess. Like this situation, for example, was a mess that was created by Vince McMahon. Shouldn't have ever happened, and they had to find a way. But they out could of have it. cleaned up. We, I mean, we just came up with you know in five minutes we came up with a better way to clean up the vet and the mess. Yes, we did. <laughs> and you know, and they are they are doing certain things like the fact that they got rid of the twenty four seven championship. Yes, I'm thrilled about. Although, even though Nikki missed the trash can, and you watch Bailey, she was trying so hard not to laugh. That did happen. And, and we'll, we'll go there next. We've got a little bit of time, of course, here on the Mark Hoke Show on KDWN 101.5 FM, 720 AM. We are the talk of Las We're Vegas. changing the name to the Vandergriff Killer Show. Come on, enough of the Vandergriff. Never. Andrew Fishvane and, of course, Joe DeFalco will be joining us. Uh, sh- I just want a response. 15 minutes, so... Well, message Vandergriff. I'll I'll get a hold of him too. We'll we'll get him. Okay, uh, now I'll stop talking but, about it until Joe comes on. But um, but the twenty four seven title is no more. For those who know what the twenty four seven title is, that was a championship that could be defended at any point, it any was, time. It was their comedy kind. It was basically the hardcore championship, but not hardcore. Right. It was not hardcore. No, but and I will say this. I think the perfect way to end it though. Would have been having our truth have be the last guy to hold it. He held it like fifty one times. Well, unfortunately, couldn't because if you didn't hear, our truth got hurt. By the yeah. way, um, I know, but still. But Nikki Cross won the twenty four seven championship, and then proceeded to try Att- to make uh, Mitch Elliott to, and then instead she now is a member of the Lakers because she can't hit a shot. Yes, she missed the trash can, <laughs> which was very ironic for the twenty four seven championship because it was just. You know, there were some funny moments with the 24-7 championship. And and our truth as has been said many times about him is a national tor- a treasure. I can't I can't remember if it was 52 or 54 times he won the title. I thought, I thought because, it was 52 cuz I yeah, thought it was 51 actually. Um because what what happened with it is if you were walking or you were the 24-7 champion, you literally would could defend it at any moment in your life. So if as long as there was a referee around, someone could run up behind you, roll you up, pin you, and whether you were at a garbage dump or in a WWE ring, I it mean, didn't matter. And we haven't seen Reggie since then, right? No. No, Reggie be gone. We had that terrible... Is he is he out but, of WWE or is no, he just not on TV? he's just not on TV. But, but they that had was... The whole Akira Tozawa, Tamina, Reggie, Tamina, yeah. The, 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 the love quad or whatever was going on there was I'm just, glad they got rid of the title. You know, Dana Brooke at least got a chance to be on TV a little bit. But and she can say she was a WWE title holder. Yes, she can. But we'll we'll see if that ever happens again. But 
not to bust on Dana. She works very hard. But the the championship is gone. Should everything like that ever be brought back, Fish? No. And if they do, they need to package it correctly and not make it. They, they, you know, you can't make it silly. It's still a title. It still should have hold some value. And that's the problem is they made it hold no value. Well, you know, at the same time, though, on the role of a title like that, it was designed to be comic relief. It really was. And and sometimes in wrestling, you do need some funny things. Yeah, but the problem... Yeah, but, but, but a lot of it was forced, and it just... I was, I was just you know, say, that's the problem with it, is the comedy was forced with the 24-7 championship. A lot of it was not well-written. No. No. You like When Reggie had it, of course, Reggie used to be a former Cirque du Soleil performer. And, and he was Carmela Sommelier. And he would just flippy dip his way out of situations... It was kind of funny the first couple of times when we did it. Like I remember the one with Art, where Art Truth was chasing him through a park, and Reggie was flipping off playground equipment yeah. and all that stuff to get away from him. And it was almost doing parkour. It was. I mean, that was kind of that was kind of cool. But yeah, but then they did the same thing week after week after right. week. I was like, I don't need to see it again. Like you're flipping off a case, uh, equipment cases. Great. Okay, we got it. You know, it just yeah, it it needs to. That idea it needs to be finished, and you know, of course, it was it was somewhat based on the old hardcore championship, where that was could also be defended at any time. But the hardcore championship was more people beating the crud out of each other. Yeah, you know, Mick Foley was you know Mick, Mick Foley was the first champion that champion of that. They handed him the belt, and he never won it again after he lost it. It makes sense that he would have had it at some point. You would have thought he'd won it more than once, though. It, it wasn't. Uh... I can't even think of his name. Uh, the Hardcore Holly's little uh, Chip Holly. Not Chip Holly. What the hell was his name? You know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. He wanted more than anybody else, I thought. And I can't think. Why can't I not think of his name? Not Molly Holly, obviously. Yeah, no, definitely not Molly Holly. I'm I'm getting there. Just Thank to... you. Uh, it, it's just, it's like they, they, you're right. They took it after that. At the same time, they made it much more silly. Crash. Crash Holly. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah, because you had a hardcore Holly and Crash Holly. Right. There you go. Well, hardcore Holly was Sparky Plug, so there you <laughs> go. Yeah, so so we are going to bid Arribederci to the 24-7 championship. championship. Thank God. Yes. <laughs> oh, my are they gonna, Lord. Do you, do you see them bringing in another title belt? Whether it be a no. light heavyweight, a European? Uh... No, I mean, you know, the light heavyweight, a light heavyweight championship wouldn't be bad. That would be the same as the Cruiserweight there, Championship, there's, right? Yeah, there, there's a lot of history in WWE with, with that title and, of course, in WCW and so on. This so. Is the, and the Cruiserweight title was great until they only started defending it on 205 Live. Then nobody cared. Right. There's There are a lot of good lightweight wrestlers out there, and Triple H likes them. So we'll see how that goes. And we Triple it, H likes old school wrestling, which is why they're talking about the, bringing the King of the Ring back as a one-day tournament PLE. Yes, that would be fantastic. Absolutely. Because that, that's right up Triple H's alley. Yeah. You know what else is up Triple H's alley? Making money. Oh, hell yes. Yes, it is. And if you would like to have a chance to make some extra money in your life, all you got to do is go to tradingmadeasy.com and work with the boys from Trading Made Easy. Automated day trading software. They train you. They get you all ready to roll. They don't throw you out there and just give you software and say, hey, here you go. And you can make money even in this crappy, horrendous economy because it's just a couple clicks of a button. It's really cool. And 
you know, my friend James runs this and he does a great job and takes care of his clients. And if you want to get involved, it's really simple. Just go to tradingmadeasy.com. That's tradingmadeasy.com. It's so simple. They only need one E in the title. So it's company's trading made easy. Or you can give them a call at 800-971-4160. That's 800-971-4160. And you can sign up for a free live trading session. No obligation. Just no obligado. Yeah, it's really simple. They do trading sessions Monday through Thursday. I think they might be doing some on Sunday, too. So give them a call. Check it out. 800-971-4160. Trading mad easy. All right, we come back. We will be picking up our other co-host, Joe DeFalco. Yay! Got a lot more going on. Of course, AEW Full Gear is coming up. The odds are up on that. We'll talk about that. And the NWA making some news. Will we be having one of the best wrestlers in the USA coming back in WWE? Stick around. When it comes to having the right attorney in your corner, you want to have a proven winner on your side. And Russell Dutch Boyd of VegasCouncil.com knows how to win in Las Vegas. Boyd graduated at 18 years old from law school and is also a three-time World Series of Poker bracelet winner. And no matter what legal challenges you're facing, Boyd will help you through it all. As a litigation attorney, he covers multiple areas of law, including personal injury, business law and startup, cyber law, and crypto clients, and whatever else you might need to navigate the legal waters of Las Vegas and beyond. Just visit VegasCouncil.com to set up your free initial consultation today. That's VegasCouncil.com and let Dutch Boyd help you win today. Once again, that's Russell Boyd at VegasCouncil.com. One oh one five FM, seven twenty AM, K Don, the talk of Las Vegas. Now let's return to the Mark Hoke Show. The Mark Hoke Show. Here again, your host, Mark Hoke. All right, and we are back on the Mark Hoke Show on KDWN one oh one five FM seven twenty AM the talk of Las Vegas. It's the station so nice it's on your dial twice. I kind of twice the amount of time that. Never mind. Wow! Come on, Fish. If you're going to get clever, get clever. No, I, I decided not to mention his name again. Okay, thank you. He who shall not be mentioned. Yeah, that that would be a good idea. But I do want to remind everybody: if you're driving around Vegas right now, or just sitting around saying, "Man, I'm hungry. I need some really good food." Oh yeah. I mean, I may leave the show just so I can go down there right now because I'm getting hungry, and that sounds. You good. could. You could walk because it's just down the street on Durango. Is unique eats. So good. Unbelievable food. Breakfast, lunch. You've got, I mean, omelets and, and pastas and award-winning. I had one of his pizzas, finally, by the way. Unreal. And not that it not that it makes the food any better or worse or indifferent, but Dominic is a great dude. Yes, he is. In studio last week. Celebrity chef Dominic Tedesco running the show over there, and they just got their liquor license. So let me tell you what you can be doing on Sunday. They start ja- having a jazz artist in there at 11 o'clock. Get some mimosas, some pancakes, pizza, whatever you want. It's unreal. And, and Dominic has won awards for his pizza. So 
I would tell everybody, head on over to Unique Eats right now at 3100 South Durango Suite 100. And make sure you keep us on the radio while you're driving there. Please do. Tell Dominic to put the live stream on the TVs, you know, whatever. Um, but, of course, you can also go to Unique Eats LV. Check out their menu. They do great catering as well. See if you got an event. You can give Dominic a call on that. He's been... He's opened 46 restaurants, I believe you said on the show. That was unbelievable. That is fantastic. Yeah, and the funny thing is, is he said he could have as many restaurants here in Vegas as he wants, but he'd rather just have the one to focus on it, which tells you how good it is. Yeah. So get on over there to Unique Eats, uh, or you can give him a call, 702-992-3038. Pick something up, whatever you want. Smoothie bar, vegetarian menu, I mean, whatever you need, they got it. Unique Eats, and it's uniqueeatslv.com. All right, of course, I'm Mark Hoke, Andrew Fishfain, and we got Joe DeFalco on the line. Joe, the king of feature stars of wrestling. How are you, sir? Oh, wonderful. Good morning, Joe. Uh Uh-oh. Good morning. It's Grumpy Joe. I love Joe. I don't care if it's Grumpy Joe or not. That's all right. Well, that means it's a perfect time. Joe, we talked a little bit about the uh, Austin Theory um, Money in the Bank cash-in, and I did want to get your your thoughts on that fiasco. What what did you think? Uh, you know, it's time to hit the reset button. And, and you know, the, I'm pretty sure Triple H is, is high on theory. I think they just felt that right now wasn't the right time. And it's like, I don't, I don't blame them. Like Austin theory really shouldn't be the heavyweight champion at this point. So. No, I, And we don't have a, an argument with that part. We just think it could have been handled a lot better. And Mark, why don't you tell Joe your, what I think all joking aside was a great idea for it. Oh, I just, Joe, I just said that Austin decides to sell the case. You have a bunch of anonymous accountants bidding on behalf of wrestlers. He gets a million dollars for it. Austin now becomes Mr. Million in the bank, and then you don't know who's got the case until it gets cashed in. Well, uh, I guess, but isn't that similar to the Cameron Grimes uh, I'm a crypto millionaire gimmick? Yeah, but Austin Theory will blow the million dollars. It'll be funny. Give him some give him some setup to be stupid. Didn't, but, didn't Happy Corbin uh, become rich? He did, but he actually invested wisely and hired JBL. Good call for him. That's yeah, I know you love Happy you know, Corbin. Yeah, one of my favorites. But <laughs> you know, I think Austin Theory is is going to be a major player. But right now, with all these guys coming back, that they're, they're really it's difficult to put a focus on a guy that's going to be something when they already have people that are already are something. Yep, agreed. So um, let's continue on with some WWE stuff as. We do have the first War Games match somewhat set up for Survivor (laughs) Series, sort of, as we're going to have Bianca Belair, Alexa Bliss, Asuka, and two TBDs taking on Damage Control. Of course, that's Bailey and the WWE Women's Tag Team Champions, Dakota Kai and Io Sky, and Nikki Cross, and there's one more name to go into that. The first thing I wanted to say was, are you guys kind of surprised that this is the route that they took with one of the War Games matches? Yes. And I, I thought, like I said, originally I thought they were going to, even though they were going to have War Games, they were going to try to keep the Survivor Series theme intact and have it be a team from Raw versus a team from SmackDown, which they decided not to do. Uh, I, I was also surprised because you don't have a, a natural fifth for damage control, nor a natural fourth and fifth 
for the the face team, although I still think that Sasha Banks and Naomi would be the perfect fourth and fifth for the face team. Agreed. Joe, what did you think of this idea? Well, uh, I'm a little underwhelmed. And, you know, I know we talked about it last week. It's the same thing with with the men's match. It's like, so we're going to have the war games and the big deals, the brawling brutes and, you know, the bloodline. I'm, I'm just not that excited about it. And I saw that, you know, the, it's the brawling brutes. And once again, Drew McIntyre and Sheamus are buddies again. Yeah. Well, that kind of happened when the Brawling Brutes, it, uh, naturally, I would imagine, by by the fans' show of, of support, became faces instead of heels. So Drew fits in in that regard because of it. Uh, well, he, he fits in, but wasn't he just in a blood feud with Sheamus and, you know, two months ago? Yeah, we forget all about that, though. <laughs> oh, well, and, and again, you, you talk about, well, there's not a natural fifth. Well, there's not a natural fifth there. There wasn't a natural fourth. So it's... Kevin Owens is the natural fifth against the bloodline. I guess he hasn't he hasn't done anything with them in what two months. That's true. Yeah, that's the thing is that if you if you want to do a war games match, the war games match should be a couple groups of people that do not like each other. Which is why Judgment now, Day and OC would be a perfect fit if they had enough people. Yeah. It's, it, but you it's, can, couldn't main event with that, Who right? Cares? Right, exactly. So, I mean, the only—I mean, the only way you make people care about that match is you get Edge and Beth Phoenix in that, and you get Rhea Ripley on the other side. But that would—that would, would be there's still one short on Judgment Day. Oh, right, I, but it's still, and it's still not a main event. So it's no, I I, know, I completely agree. It's a great concept, and I love war games, but. You know, the idea is it's it's a five-on-five match that is a matchup. Like, I'd rather see, you know, Logan Paul and the brother. Obviously, one's hurt or whatever, but it makes no sense. It's like there isn't this heated feud with, you know, with, with Butch and the Usos. They had the one match that kind of they got together because – they said, hey, let's give these guys a title shot because they seem to be over a little bit that nobody expected them to win. So does anybody, would anybody in their right mind think that the the bloodline would lose this War Games match? You know, are they going to put Sheamus over as the guy to take out Roman Reigns? I, I guess they could, but I highly doubt it. I think the only way that this is really going to draw people's attention is more some aftermath in the match, or something happens. Sami Zayn turning on the bloodline. Sami Zayn turning on the bloodline with Kevin Owens in there, and then they decimate the Usos and end up winning the tag titles. And uh, now that would that would get people's attention. Well, but, they, but it's they, not, they have a main event. They have a main event if they want. It's the Bloodline versus the Wyatt Five. Yeah, but I, I was just gonna say at some point, don't doesn't Bray Wyatt have to step back into the ring? <laughs> Yeah, you know, if they go after Bray Wyatt and then all of a sudden he brings his his minions with him, I think you could build that. But unfortunately, the thing's in a couple weeks. Yeah, and so that it's just like, oh yeah, by the way, we got war games coming up in two weeks, and it's like, what? Yeah, and I just hope that because it's so close that they don't decide just to throw something together for Bray Wyatt because that would ruin what they've done so far 
but they need the slow burn does need to speed up a little bit. Yeah, I think the whole issue to me when they announced that they were going to put the war games in the Survivor Series wasn't that they were doing it. It's just there was nothing there that was really set up, and I think it was just done to, hey, we're doing something different at Survivor Series. Well, that's great, but at the same time, a, a war games match, for, for those that don't know the history of this, I mean, this was... You know, the, the first ones were the horsemen taking on Dusty Rhodes and a bunch of the good guys. And it, it, you had such a build to that match, and everybody was just like, wow, this is incredible. And now you're kind of in a situation where there, there just wasn't anything there to to build on quick, you know, and slowly enough to get people to buy into this. So, you know, it's just it's another issue of WWE rushing a story. That doesn't make any sense. And like I said, if you had had it Raw versus SmackDown, you could have had matches on Raw or matches on SmackDown to see who's going to be part of the the War Games 5 to represent each. See, but I don't think that that's a good idea either because the the problem is is that War Games has always been somebody settling a score. Yeah, no, understood. And and then Raw against SmackDown means nothing now. Everybody's crossing over. It doesn't. Uh, yeah, they did that in the past, and it was like all oh, the team. Now all of a sudden, you had good guys and bad guys working together because they gave a crap that they were Team Raw versus Team SmackDown. That if, was terrible too. Yeah, the, the the only time it really worked, the only time the Survivor Series to me really worked in that regard was when it was the John Cena team versus the Authority, and that actually worked out well. That was the one when when Big Show turned and, and knocked out, and Dolph Ziggler ended up winning the match. See, the original Survivor Series. You would combine guys that were in feuds in these matches, so then you get some super teams and stuff like that. And you know, some of them were good, some were bad, but at least you were getting, you had some storylines in there that could weave in and out that worked. But say, are they going to have a traditional Survivor Series match? Because they always seem to promote one in during Survivor Series. We have Survivor Series coming up, and right now there are three matches. One of which we don't know who's in the men's war game match at this point. The women's match, and it is Ronda Rousey defending against Shotzi. <laughs> That's all we got. <laughs> With two weeks to go. Are you, I mean. And, that, and that's one of the, and it's supposed to be one of the big four. Yeah. And they, they have done a, so if the whole idea of, of Ryan Fee, is that his name? Of him being there for continuity and long-term planning and Triple H taking over it was to get long-term planning. They have done a piss-poor job of long-term planning. I think I think that the only thing that you can do is set up a future storyline out of this, and that's the only thing that's going to save this right now to me. I'll tell you so, what, though. I'd, I'd be interested in seeing if they, if they could, like, do it. But I wouldn't mind seeing Bray Wyatt and Cross go at it because Cross is great on the microphone and with the TikTok and all the other stuff and Scarlet. You know, I think they could make something of that. But again, uh, not in two weeks. Yeah, there's not time for that. There's not time. And speaking of Bray Wyatt, by the way, the, the first clash it appears to be for Bray Wyatt. And here we go again. Some weird booking from WWE. Is going to be L.A. Knight. Bray Wyatt headbutted L.A. Knight on SmackDown this week, so we may be getting an L.A. Knight push. I think some people were actually getting a little bit excited about 
is going to get destroyed in a matter of a couple of weeks. Yeah, and it, it sucks because it, push. I mean, I'd love to see LA Knight get pushed, and he deserves it. But you can't have him go. It's a no-win situation for either guy in that feud. Well, there, there's no win for LA Knight. He's going to he's going to be he's going to be the token first guy for Bray Wyatt to beat up, just like you know they had Cross beat up uh, Gulak, which was just a jobber match, and then they had to beat Madcap Moss, who obviously they've already whether it's uh, Triple H. But Madcap Moss looked like he was getting uh, a breakout role after leaving Corbin, and then they had Cross destroy him, and we haven't seen him since. So all LA Knight is, like, he's the guy who can talk a little bit. So they they put him in a match, and and Bray Wyatt beats him up, and they didn't have to sacrifice, you know, Braun Strowman or – you know, Kevin Owens or anybody for Bray Wyatt. But, you know, that's a, that's a SmackDown match. Now who Bray Wyatt wrestles at a pay-per-view is going to be interesting to see. Like I said, I think Cross has nothing else going on right now because they kind of ruined that whole thing. So Drew's involved in the bloodline. What's Cross going to do? He's supposed to be your number two heel. Yeah, the one thing that I would be concerned, I, I wouldn't, put Cross in there right away with Bray, I think that that has potential to be a fantastic feud. But I think that that you've kind of got to get this whole thing situated with Bray first, let him build up a little bit, and then eventually you have a if you have a crossover feud between Wyatt and and Cross with Scarlet on one side and whoever's going to be working with Bray on the other, at some point to try to stop Bray Wyatt. That would be fun. But you know, my other concern is that I don't want to see Cross get fed to Bray Wyatt and put away either. You know, I I want to see Cross wrestling for the for the world championship at some point. And if you feed him to Bray and he loses the feud, well now he's lost sort of lost a feud to Drew McIntyre, then he loses a feud to Bray Wyatt. Well, you know, where how does that help Cross? It's just that that's a tough spot. Oh yeah, he, well, he he drops all credibility at that point, and and it's a shame because they're doing a nice job of building him. Joe, uh, I I don't know if they're doing a nice job of building him. They, they <laughs> did agree. a nice job of building him when he got brought back, and right now again, uh, if I re- remember I, from what I've seen, was he was it wasn't he even not even used on SmackDown this week? No, I don't believe it was. Nope. So now it's kind of like oh. Where you have Drew and Cross one and one, which has accomplished absolutely nothing. Drew's now going to the bloodline. So now Cross already has nothing to do. Right. It's, they got to be careful on this. You know, I, I don't want them to lose guy, Cross. I highly doubt it. But again, and again, it, it, you know, you hate to go here, but it all stems again, as far as I'm concerned, for not, for having. The unified championship, because if you have two champions and all of a sudden you have bigger and better programs on each show and you can't involve more people. Well, the uh, brawling brutes need a fifth guy. Do they do uh, the respect thing and do they do Drew and and, and then add Cross to the mix? I don't know. Uh, who, who, who could be the fifth guy? I don't know. That's... Uh, like I said, I, well, I still think it's going to be Kevin yeah, yeah, Owens. I think it's probably going to be Kevin Owens. We'll find out. But it was funny that you mentioned the uh, 
splitting the champ world championship up. Of course, Roman Reigns is holding both the Universal and the World Heavyweight title. And there was a idea that had gotten pitched that apparently got scrapped close to the last minute that Drew McIntyre was going to win one of the championships at Clash of the Castle. That they were and, and I'm curious to hear what you guys think of this, but they the only and this is from um Via Cultaholic, and I think it came from uh, Wrestle Votes and no. Gimme Sport. That the only this is a quote the only thing they could think of was with Austin Theory, he was somehow going to make it known that he was only cashing in for one of the belts. Therefore, the match at Clash at the Castle with McIntyre and Reigns became a triple threat. Tyson Fury stopped him like his did, like he did, and then Drew was going to take one of the titles, but for whatever reason, that didn't work, and it sounds really convoluted. Don't know how you're going to pull it off on TV. Um, and that was uh, from Wrestle Votes via Gimme Sport. Uh, I, I don't know how that would make sense. I'm wrestling you. Another guy gets involved, so now the other belt's not on the line. Like, that, that you know, I, I know we're supposed to suspend belief, but. No, I, I think the only way, I think the only way you can do it is you have the wrestle the the event and you think it's for both titles, but then Paul Heyman comes out and says, you know, I'm being the wise man in the contract. I have it stipulated. It's really only for one of the two titles. You can see why they said this idea was convoluted because it yeah, was convoluted. They, they announced it for the entire time. It was for basically the undisputed universal whatever title. It was like we all knew there was you know Roman Reigns is defends both titles it isn't like in boxing where hey we're just defending the wbc title not the ibf title you, you would have had to have done something to get austin a bell on austin theory temporarily that's the only way that could have worked but yeah what what a what a mess it's, and, and they've painted the wwe has painted itself into a corner and has no way to get itself out of it yeah they you know just in general they really need to take a little time and say, we've got to clean this up. We've got to clean that up. Let's figure out a smart way to do it. And you go know, imagine there. Hulk Hogan wrestled Ultimate Warrior and was like, oh, by the way, he only won one of the titles. Right. It, it, it just was, you know, I, I'm in the belief that there should only be one title. It's one title. You're the heavyweight champion. There's not two heavyweight champions in the same company. I hate the I hate the idea that there there should be two. There shouldn't be. There should be one champion. It just waters it down, and I get it that you know, you know, it worked enough with Brock Lesnar. It, it it'll work with Reigns. He's there enough, you know. Down the line, it's like you can't have Roman Reigns lose and then talk about you know his undefeated streak, and you can't talk about everything else if he actually lost to Drew. And it's like I get it, but you know. Then have a ladder match with both belts, grab one of the belts, drop the other one by mistake, and Reigns picks it up. And since he has possession of the belts, hey, we got two champions. Yeah, it it was, you know, this all happened because of their match at WrestleMania with uh, Lesnar and Reigns. And they, were, they weren't going to pull the trigger on this, but... You know, it, it was a kind of a, I guess it was kind of a domino effect from day the day one pay per view when Reigns got sick, and you know Lashley had the title, and they figured, well, we're gonna, you know, we've got to make a do something with Lashley, and you know, and he got a concussion. I mean, it was the whole thing was just a mess, and and they weren't they were debating where they were going to do it and have the unification match. They weren't, and then at the last minute they decided, 
yeah, we're going to do know, it. And it, now, it, and now they've screwed themselves. If WWE was more like AEW, it'd be great. Either the guy would get hurt, or he gets suspended, or he get fired. Yeah, there you go. That simplifies things a little. And bit. And now he does have another tournament for uh, for the title again. Yep. The, we'll we'll see how they get out of this hole. This is going to be quite interesting. Well, they've been trying to get out of this hole for a while now, and have been unable to do it. It's been because, six months, seven months. Because the issue is, you you have to beat Reigns. Figure out a way to beat Reigns twice. And then have him wrestle The Rock. It's like, well, you don't want to have Reigns wrestle The Rock after he just lost to Drew McIntyre. Right. It's it. it this is they they're they're stuck until WrestleMania this oh, year. Oh, the other problem becomes: what if something happens and The Rock can't do it? Then they this whole plan goes is is for absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. Well, then they, then they, well, do do you think that they're still going to be waiting on The Rock to make his decision? Or do you believe it's a done deal? Like, to me, all they've been doing is hyping it. So it would really look like a lot of egg on the face of Triple H if all of a sudden it's like, oh, by the way, The Rock's not going to be there. So, Well, no, I, I believe that it's a done deal, but it's, it's only as done as it can be because you never know what project The Rock's going to get offered. If he gets something in, in Hollywood that he can't refuse, then or or he's told, you know what, we want you to do this movie, but you can't wrestle, then it throws the whole thing off. Yeah, it's well, the, the, the dude's getting thirty million a movie. I think you could say, you know what, I'm I'm booked this week. Yes, he's a little busy. It's all good. Yeah. But by the way, uh, some injury updates in WWE real fast before we get ready to head into our second hour here on the Mark Hoke Show on KDWN one hundred one five FM seven twenty AM. Our truth who is actually getting used a little bit, tore a quad. So the 50-plus-year-old is out for a while. So, unfortunately, the, the, the little push that – yeah, because they were going to team with Shelton Benjamin, apparently, and that is now on hold for a while. So we want to wish our truth all the best. And uh, Natalia, who apparently wrecked her nose a while back, finally had surgery on it. Her nose was dislocated. She's been having trouble breathing, but she had surgery uh, just a, a week ago. She's going to be out a few months, so we want to wish Natty all the best as well. And the, the way they wrote her off with the Shannon Baszler knee was done very well. Yeah, but uh, apparently that was a pretty bad injury. If you saw the pictures of Natty after the surgery, you could tell that nose, was it, that was, nose it was, was not in good shape. But it wasn't quite as bad as the Seth Rollins knee to John Cena's face. No, it lo- actually looked worse. They managed to get... But, of course, Cena's got some pretty good plastic surgeons. He must. Hanging around. When you're the champ, they take care of you. All right. Hey, we come back. we got a whole lot more on the Mark Hoke Show in hour number two with Andrew Fish, Fane, and Joe DeFalco, my co-pilots. Full gear coming up. And, guys, I think there's some money to be made at full gear. We should be pulling pulling our funds a little bit. So stick around, everybody. We will be right back here on the Mark Hoke Show. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you on the other side of the break. Want more of The Mark Hoke Show? Follow us on Twitter at Mark Hoke Show. Like us on Facebook at The Mark Hoke Show. And visit MarkHokeShow.com to keep up with everything happening with the show. 
And remember to check out all of our archive shows on YouTube at The Mark Hoke Show and download our podcasts at markhokeshow.podbean.com and all your favorite podcast outlets. So join The Mark Hoke Show family today, and thanks for listening.